With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Virial podcast. This is Alan, and I'm here with Siddharth. Welcome. How are you this evening? Good evening, Alan. And we thought we would talk... um, well, we're going to find something to talk about from our match on Sunday, which um, I don't know. I've seen. I, I have actually watched paint dry. That was more exciting at times. But um, but I think we after you and I said when the season started after eleven matches we'd see how we were. I think after eleven matches we had twenty points, which was very good compared to what we were thinking. Now we've got eight more before we got halfway through the season and have played everybody once. But I think what we saw in the match against Elche was, it's interesting because against all three of the promoted sides, we've drawn. And all three, well, I guess Wesca maybe not as much, but certainly Cadiz and um, Elche were very defensive in their setup and we weren't able to break either one down. And so we sort of wanted to talk about is that, I think we're going to see more of that um, as the season goes on. So how do we approach that? Um, one thing that, and I, yeah. No, go ahead. Well, one thing that Emery did uh, and, and granted some of this stuff was because of injury is the starting lineup had um, Baena playing on the left. Um, Kubo was on the bench. Um, do you think there was a message there, or was that trying to? Does Baena seem more like Moy to you than Kubo, or what? How did you read that? Yeah, so interesting, interesting one there. And first of all, just to our listeners hope everyone is staying safe as they're able to in these times. Um, unfortunately, it looks like in the Northern hemisphere, things are going to get worse before they get better. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but on the footballing note, I, I think if it was a message, I suppose I would say message heard based on how Kubo played, Mm -hmm. which I Mm -hmm. thought he was the best player on the field for the time he was on the field. Um, And, you know, frankly, when he's out there often, he's probably the most talented or second most talented player. You know, many times he's there. Um, So message and and otherwise, I'm not sure, Alan. Mm -hmm. I think... Mm -hmm. Again, they had, uh, uh, particularly with the way the travel seemed to work out, um, you know, they weren't able to come back from Turkey until the next day, mm-hmm. didn't practice on Friday, so only one training session for the match. 
I know mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. may talk about this more, but of course Alcacer comes back, gets hurt again. Um, maybe an even more lengthy injury stay expected this time. Um, so definitely a need for rotations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, to his credit, this was definitely one of my worries with the view of um, – Emery coming in and sort of, you know, him being viewed as this is a win now sort of move. Would some of the next generation of talent, you know, not get a chance? And frankly, I think they've kind of come in and forced their way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, folks like Jeremy coming and scoring in the Europa League, uh, you know, he hasn't hasn't given an opportunity <laughs> for for somebody to say you shouldn't be on the field because every time he's been out there, he's more than looked like he's belonged. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt like, um, I felt like in some ways, yeah, maybe it was a message to Kubo, especially with all the stuff in the, in the press about, you know, him wanting to leave or Madrid wanting to want him to leave or whatnot. But I think also, I mean, Baina has played, has played very well in the um, in the Europa League matches that he's been in, I think the thing that was tough in this game, though, and I I think Javi Mata or someone else on the radio with him mentioned it about um, late in the first half was that this was really like a Segunda match. I mean, <laughs> it was really tight, really um, I would say physical with the referee, not really taking control um, soon enough. And there was just not much room in which to work. And when you're, when the other side sort of retreats into a 5-4-1 and is content to pretty much let you bring the ball up to the halfway line before they try to do anything to stop you, um, there just is not a lot of room for you to move around and, and create space. And I think that was the the problem that that Alex had was that there just it was so much different from what he's seen in the Europa League. I, I was not surprised to see him substituted at the break for that reason. Yeah, uh, you know, I think again when we say Europa League, we mean the group stage. Right. Right. <laughs> so so we'll we'll see when we get to the knockout rounds, but. The, you know, if you think back on that, though, what is the biggest thing that we've noted Kubo has struggled with? It's been people knocking him off the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if you know that your opponent is going to play that style, then <laughs> you've already got a player who's somewhat low on confidence, you know, in in some ways and, you know, no Alcacer. So are you kind of, you know without a front man who can command service and knowing that he's going to be, you know, in, and in his 30 minutes, he was still plenty kicked. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there was that potential penalty. It looks like he fell down in the box rather than there being any contact there, but he was, he was down on the ground a number of times. Right. Right. So, so, you know, weigh that in over 90 minutes. And and frankly, if I recall last season when he was at Mallorca, when we played them after the restart, we were kicking the heck out of him too. Yes. 
<laughs> well, you remember the first match we played against him, he, he won a penalty through a blatant dive. I don't think we had a lot of respect for him in the re, in the return leg. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think... But, but so, yeah, yeah so, so I wonder if that's part of it as well, that yeah, you, it could you be. do want to kind of put him in situations where where he can succeed. It'll be interesting to see, you know, who plays this week in a, in a meaningless Europa League match. Right. Well, I think it, I think definitely if you, if you think that he's, that he's someone who physically is going to get beat up over 90 minutes, putting him in over 30 makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, which I assume was kind of the idea with Alcacer, or at least maybe he was going to go 45, but he got injured again. He's out four to six weeks, same sort of muscle injury as Carlos Baca, I, ga- I gather. So now we've got two, our, our most obvious point people in the 4-3-3 are out. I, what do we do now? Because I wasn't really that impressed with Gerard as trying to play in the center. I like him so much more on the right. What, what do you... Yeah, it's... <sighs> You know, yeah. I, I when I think back to Gerard, say playing in the Segunda, I actually found him to be a pretty good target man at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of this may be in part Espanol being so reliant on him to score that him being, and again, there is the nature of that. Uh, again, playing on a team like Espanol, where chances were somewhat limited, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having him not be the guy sort of to be taking the abuse um, of of having to you know sit between the central defenders all all game and go up for headers and get a elbow or a forearm or whatever it is in the back thirty times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know he had. Uh, don't recall if they exactly overlapped, but you know, Espanol has had guys of the you know, Borja Iglesias or Leo Baptistao or or whoever it might be, the more sort of um, you know, a, a, an accompanying uh, target player to to go with that, mm-hmm. and. Um, mm-hmm. So it could be that you know he's not as familiar with that, not having played in that role three, four, five years now. Um, so yeah. I, I I wouldn't have said earlier in the year, kind of I would have thought he would have been fine at it, um, but he has not looked comfortable. You're right. I think the real question, and you know this is sort of one we asked about, was has Fernino benefited from the situation that he's been in, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is essentially not really playing because I don't know that we've sort of seen very much from him in his appearances this year. Right. Um, right. Whereas I think we felt like we, he was a lot more impactful last year. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he is the most logical kind of choice. Choice. There. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that part of it may be that when as I'm thinking out loud, it's we also have been looking so much 
in our buildup play for when Paco has been out there, it's been a lot of the time, it's been Gerard that's been involved with the link-up play with him. And so I th- it's, diff- it's not just putting Gerard in, this, in the middle and asking him to do something different, but it's also now you're, you're asking everybody to do something a little different than they were before. I mean, they should be able to, but I, but I do think that it's, it, he did seem pretty uncomfortable against Elche in, in a way that I was not really expecting. You know, it, it's tough when you're playing a team like that. I think um, Betis, we know, will be a much more open match than, than Elche was. I think it's difficult when you're playing a club that is essentially looking, if they're looking to attack at all, they're looking to counterattack. And so we have, it all comes back to that question of offensive and defensive balance that that we've been talking about for the last few years. And are we, you know, is Emery trying to tighten up on the defense more and is that sort of affecting our offense? I mean, we certainly aren't scoring much from open play, and that's in in La Liga, and that's a bit of a concern of mine. Yeah, and I'll take it to something further than that that we've talked about a few times. I think it has to be, you know, pretty worrisome at this point that, as you said, we've drawn all three of the promoted teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is pretty consistent over some number of years now that we have you know, continued to play down to the opposition. Um, and again, particularly at home, we have really struggled to go and, and win. And, and again, you have to feel like the <laughs> sort of, at the end of the season, are you going to look back and say, oh, that Sociedad match, you know, we should have had a penalty and theirs maybe shouldn't have been given because there was a corner that wasn't there. You know, maybe. Uh, I think you're going to look at it more and say, why can't we beat these teams that we need to be beating? <laughs> when, yeah. you know, yeah. particularly when they're not offering anything going forward. I, I had I had sort of, heard good reputation of Peremia, but he he is on my uh, do not call list after that <laughs> incredible performance where it looked like he had been. I think uh, Javi Mata said that he had been to Vietnam and back a few times yes. during the game. So, yes, I saw. Yes, um, I, gosh. I, yeah. Well, I, every, okay. I every mean, love tap became a... Became uh, Alvaro and and Neymar incident. Yes, it became a became a writhing a writhing uh, prostrate figure. Yes, I um, well, I think that's true. Although I will say, I think when I think about Cadiz and Elcha, I mean, these are matches that I think we could have contrived to have lost one um, last year. I, I I think that I guess the thing that's interesting, and I and I don't know to what extent the whole lack of crowd plays into it. I know I can't remember if it was Emory, but somebody said that they said that you know they felt like in a match like this you really need the crowd to there to 
to um, that that would have made a difference. Cadiz and Elche are both have both come up with this mentality of um, of essentially stifling defense, and so far it seems to be working out well enough for them. I I don't know. I just I thought it was in a lot of ways there's what they did played to our deficiencies because we aren't a good club at moving we were missing Moy who who I think is very creative at finding little spaces in and around the box but we also don't take long shots very much we don't we don't do a lot of things to open up a, a team that is essentially defending from its from the edge of its penalty area and that's always been true Mm-hmm. And, but I think again we had expectations with folks like Kubo, with folks like Parejo, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Manu, Manu is willing sometimes to take shots from distance. That yeah, there yeah. would there would be more of that, and we haven't we haven't seen it. I'm I'm troubled just by the fact that it it just you know if you want to go look at the end of the season and where are those points and where are those results that you go and look to, I mean, these, these are the ones we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been a whole number of years now. Now, do I, do I like sort of being able to say, Oh yeah, we, you know, we got a draw against Madrid. Like, Sure, that's nice, but to me, I'm trading that any day for being able to beat these teams that we need to be beating. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's how the math works. And again, you know, I think, I think what's a little bit frustrating is you look at where we are at the table, <laughs> and you say, "Gosh, this is one of the worst Barcelona teams that's out there." You know, Sevilla looks okay. They've kind of been able to do their thing that they seem to pull out a few results. They could have had a very poor start if not for the fact they seem to always pull out a couple of wins mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when when they maybe shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you just say, like, you, you really feel like we could have put, you know, six, eight, ten points into some of our direct rivals. Um Mm-hmm. And we've left the door open sufficiently that uh, yeah, you know it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like we're going to have that ability to pull away when we maybe you know could have already to to a start of the season. Yeah, I think the thing that's I mean I know when um, Zach likes to and, focus and, and and I would say I'm I'm not saying this about like thinking about winning the league right I mean, right to right. me. Sociedad is still the team that we're really competing with of the teams in the top four. Mm-hmm. I have no no um, uh, belief that we're going to be able to do otherwise. But right. to right. me, there's no reason we couldn't be level with where where they are at this point. Right, right. What I was going to say, I, I think you know Zach likes to look at the statistics and expected goals and all of that, and and it's true that over the course of the season, you know, you are you do I think tend to if there are matches like um 
Wesca at the start of the season where you got a point and you think, well, I should have gotten three. Yeah, probably over time that's going to you're you're going to end up getting a win that you were a little lucky to get. But the thing that is troubling are matches like Cadiz and Elche where you just didn't create enough. I mean, you know, you just didn't create enough. You you didn't have you didn't have an expected goal of anywhere close to one. <laughs> and um, you're not going to win. You know, you, you don't deserve to win matches when you create so few good chances or so few chances, period. And I think that's the thing that while I appreciate that defensively we we've gotten a little a little better um you know matches like this are just i mean they're it, it was kind of a dreary performance all the way around and i think had we gotten a late winner or a, you know a late penalty or something it would have been kind of i mean it would have been great from the standpoint of the two points but um from the standpoint of uh assessing our performance uh, it was you know it was disappointing now i have to say la liga scoring and, is and down overall and and, yeah, and and i was gonna say on that it's five consecutive matches now here since the restart with one goal or none yeah yeah and that's and i think that's the thing that at at the start of the season we were all thinking well you know, our problem is going to be defensively, but offensively we've got Gerard and Paco and, and you know, our, our all of this talent um, that it, up in the, you know, the midfield and, and attacking positions. Now, granted, we've had injuries, but um, finding we, we just haven't had, I mean, I'd feel better if we we're in a situation where we were creating four or five good chances every match and we just weren't getting them to go in because the goalkeeper was hot or whatever, but we just haven't been creating enough. And, and I, um, you know, that's, that's the tough part for me is that I'm used to seeing us with more offensive flair and, and I haven't seen it of late and that, that worries me. Yeah, I, I do think you make a good point, though, that this is the point at which you want your midfield to contribute a little bit more than it seems like they have been to the scoring sorts of abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we we really need to sort of see see a, a, a better performance there. And again, I, you know, I think a lot of that still rests with Parejo. Um, and, you know, him continuing to get familiar. I still feel like we don't exactly know where to put him on the field. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's just me, but it seems like there's, there's a little bit of confusion on, um, what his, what his best place is. And then, um, you know, as, as you said, in terms of Chukweze and Kubo and Maena and Pino. And I mean, I suppose it's interesting to say, again, level of competition is different. But, you know, Maena and Pino have been playing in the Europa League and scoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there definitely has appeared to be more of a scoring contribution from the midfield in Europe. Yeah, well, I think those games have, I mean, 
we on paper, of course, were the top seed in the group anyway, although the UEFA seeding coefficients are always a little funky. But, um, but I think even so, when you play in Europe, you tend to get at least the first three or four, three matches in the group, you tend to get a lot more open play. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's tougher when we're, when we're, what we're seeing in La Liga this year is there aren't any incredibly bad teams. There aren't a whole lot of incredibly good ones. And so we're seeing a lot of very cagey matches in the middle. I, I feel like where, where, um, you know, you look at, at Cadiz and, and Elche and how they're doing. Um, and, you know, who knows if they can if they can keep it up over the entire season. But, you know, they're they're both on target to exceed 42 points and stay up. And you can't say they're doing it with offense. I mean, it's <laughs> it. But but it's really good organization. And it's been hard for teams to break them down. I mean, we at least got a point against Cadiz. Barcelona got nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. I it, it. I wonder how much of this, certainly some of the injuries do, but I, I just wonder, you know, the fact that the preseason was so short and the, the amount of time that players had off after finishing the last season was so short that you know, you, you, you really are, I think in a lot of ways trying to put things together on the fly a lot more than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think as Zach talked about, you know, our recruitment was of older players. So I think it's not surprising to see that it wasn't Pau and Pedraza going down. It was, you know, Baca and Alcacer going down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I was going to say also when you were mentioning injuries, I mean, I think the reality is this season <clears throat> sort of that could be expected and not just injuries of the typical type, but of course any COVID issues or, or otherwise that may come up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Credit to La Liga still that they seem to have avoided <laughs> the issues that have plagued us in the U.S. in every sporting endeavor. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, NFL or college football or any of these things. Yeah, as, or college basketball. Is, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you know they've done well there, but I think you, know, you sort of have to have to expect that in this environment some of that stuff is going to happen and you know we had chakla who seems that when he when he went on international uh, yes. break he Picked got, up, sick, got so, sick yeah um yeah so so anyways I, yeah. I think it's just this this was the nature of how this season was going to play out um mm-hmm. but i think also uh, you know, we looked at it and said, okay, boy, good. We have two players per position and it's being tested already. And, you know, we're yeah. already seeing that, you know, maybe that's not even enough or that's not the right balance or whatever it is. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And other, and as you say, I mean, other teams are seeing the same thing too, but it's, it's, um, 
it does seem to be a season where the depth in the roster is going, is going to be very important. Um, in that respect, it'll be interesting to see how Sociedad do, because I think a lot of the, the indications are that their top 11 is great, but they may not have the depth beyond that. And, and, um, Certainly, mm-hmm. if they're they've, they've cooled off significantly, they've cooled off. And drawing yeah. Alaves is not yeah. nothing to write home about. So right, but you know, I mean, I I mean, Alaves is also, I think, sort of bought in. I think bought into the idea that okay, the way to stay up is a point at a time, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's um, that's interesting to see how that mentality seems to be uh, um, taking hold in La Liga this year. We're certainly um, down in goals and certainly fewer goals than Germany or Italy or, or the EPL, I think. Mm -hmm. Now I, I attribute some of that to the top teams are just not as good um, because we're so used to seeing the five nil Real Madrid scoreline, yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's just too. not happening. That's just not um, happening. And again, when you have Atletico <laughs> leading your league, you know you're not going to see too many of those. I think they may have had two two of those so far this season. Right. So I think that was always something that really inflated the goal difference and goal totals in in La Liga. The mm-hmm. the top two, you know, had plus sixty and scoring eighty goals. Um, but that wasn't necessarily reflective of, of what I, what everybody else was doing. But mm-hmm. I was I was going to mention also in the draw vein. I mean, six draws from twelve now. Um, yeah, only Wesca has more. And, and again, and it's a similar problem to the not being able to beat the the teams at the bottom. But again, you you can. You're much better off with a win and a loss than two draws. Right. So, um, right. And 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 again, I think that's a, another worrisome trend that, you know, particularly the year we went down, <laughs> draw draw after draw, one one being the scoreline. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've been we've been making making a few of those as well. So, but again, yeah. hey, <laughs> you you have to balance the fact as well. We've lost once this season, right? So, that's you know, a I big. Think, that's I a think big some difference. Some of our yeah. tone is a, is a little bit negative, uh, keeping that in mind. Um, but I think it's more about, like you said, if Alcacer is out four to six weeks, and we've now gone five games, you know, not scoring more than one goal. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got to yeah, figure out a that, way to. That is putting a lot of pressure on you yeah. defensively to be pretty perfect. Uh, right. And again, right. like in the Sociedad game, they created a couple of chances, but it's one of them that, you know, if you give the ref the opportunity to make a call, if, if you're not able to overcome that by being able to score two goals, then, uh, you know, you're just walking a very fine line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 true. I think the I think the big thing is going to be finding out a way to get with with the various injuries, um, figuring out a way over the next four to six weeks with Paco and Baca out 
figuring out how to how to create chances because we clearly haven't been doing doing enough of that. Um, now, granted, the match on Thursday in Turkey uh, against um, Karabag at, at home. I mean, that's really a dead rubber at this point. Um, that's we'll see a, a lot of rotation there. Um, playing um, our next match in the league against Betis, we know is going to be significantly different than uh, Elche was. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Betis is is certainly more attacking and more um, more interested in 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 playing you all around the pitch than than Elche was. So, you know, we'll see how we'll see how things go. If we start if we seem too negative, I mean, I guess I we shouldn't be given that as you say we've only lost one time in in uh, the league. It's just um I think when we look at where yeah, we are once on the season. Yeah. It, we're, in we're, 17, in seven, 17 matches. Yeah. So. so when we look at where we are on the season, that's that's not bad. It's just that we it's easy at this point to say, oh boy, you know, we, we really imagine if we'd won two of these matches we've drawn, we'd be right up at the top. But anyway, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah. So Karabakh will be interesting, but it's, uh, I think it's an interesting huge stretch of the next few matches, like you said, after Betis. And then again, I would feel pretty confident about that match because teams that try and play us other than Barcelona, when it's really us trying to play them more than anything, but mm-hmm. teams that try and play us, we generally don't have the same problem with. Right. Um, right. But then the next few matches after that, Osasuna away, athletic, who I think you and I as predicted, they're, they're poor. A bit. That, is yep, a, yep. that is a poor team. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then Sevilla, Levante, who are kind of desperate. Celta, who are somewhat desperate. Um, so and this next, yeah, few yeah, matches next few matches is going to be, be a bunch of teams who I would say uh, a number of them will be pretty happy with the point. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that... That has been the Achilles heel of being able to figure out how to break that down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So, and again, you're looking at all of those without your top top, top scorer. scorer. And, um, yeah, really, yeah. you're you're a guy who can take a half chance and and make it count most effectively. Right. Um, right. So. I think it'll be interesting. I think the the point you make is how is he going to make Gerard most effective without Paco? Right. I think that will go a long way to figuring out what it is. And you know, I wonder if it's not being a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, do you try the Ibora experiment again? of playing him up there, you know, trying to let him, as we talked about, maybe take a little bit of the sort of physical abuse mm-hmm. that, uh, that maybe is being, being doled out. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's something, I don't know. There, there's a, there's a number of other options in there. Right. Um, right. I think we've seen playing somebody like Kubo alongside him doesn't solve that problem. <laughs> Right, good, too, too easy to push him off the ball, kind of thing. Yeah, um, but, but I think figuring that out will be important, 
And, you know, if, if it is fair, then I think he's going to need to play consistently to sort of round back into the potential of what we saw last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause in limited stretches, he's not looked good. And I think we talked about before the season, that's a hard position to be put into as a young player is knowing you're only going to get 15 minutes every three games and immediately have to, having to sort of come on and perform. Um, right. There's a reason that sort of it tends to be veterans who are effective in those, in those uh, sort of substitute roles. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean the the good news, I guess, is that the back the back line of the team has has remained pretty strong. We've certainly been impressed with Estepinian. I think, I mean, I, I thought he was a great signing when we got him, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind about that. Um, you know, so so all of that is that is good. I mean, but I yeah. think, and I think we've seen we've been pretty happy with all four uh, of the fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. And I dare, I dare say, maybe even all four of the center backs. I don't know if we've seen enough of Funes Mori, but I think Foyt has looked pretty, pretty confident and composed as well um, mm-hmm. in his appearances. Yeah, so I think that's that's all that's all good. I think the real um, the real thing is, yeah, Emery is just going to have to tink, tinker with the um, with the front six and figure out how we can sort of break the scoring drought, which is, you know, which is basically where we are. So hopefully we'll get some goals on Thursday and, and that'll put us in, put us in good neck for the, for the Betis match. So we'll see. Um, anyway, I guess that that pretty much sums it up. I guess we're, we're optimistic, but a little realistic. Sounds sounds like 2020. Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> anyway, for um, for Sid, this is Alan saying end of Virial. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yep, that is that is the 2020 sentiment in a nutshell. Right that's there. right. That's right. We yes, we we'd love to be optimistic, but the reality is. <laughs> <laughs>